Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. On today's podcast, we are going to dive into the matchup the Falcons have this coming weekend, week three of the 2021 NFL season against the New York Giants. Atlanta will be on the road. They will be facing again for the second week in a row an opponent that is coming off a Thursday night game. So the Giants will be the better rested of these two teams. Uh, let's start with how the Falcons offense stacks up. Now, I, I do want to say before we go into this, there's a good chance at this point Russell Gage will miss the game based on the injury reports, his lack of practice. I'm sure they will try to get him in there as much as possible, but uh, my guess right now is he's probably going to miss, and if that's the case, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus will clearly step into that number two role, uh, and the number three will probably be some combination of uh, Tajay Sharp and another guy but right now, the wide receiver position for the Falcons is a big question mark. And that is actually, it's, it's probably playing to the strengths of the Giants defense. They've got two uh, good corners. They signed Adderie Jackson uh, away from the Titans, uh, former first round pick. And uh, James Bradbury, who Falcons fans are probably familiar with from his time in Carolina. Yes, he is one of the corners that uh, Julio Jones roasted alive back in 2016 when he was a rookie. Um, Bradbury is a decent corner, not someone that's going to be a shutdown or you know, able to completely take someone out of the game. Jackson is a little bit better uh, corner of these two, and he will probably be the one that's going to match up uh, with Calvin Ridley on Sunday. Uh, so this could be a game for Zacchaeus to show that he is worthy of being sort of one of the top three receivers on this team if Gage is out. Um, right now, that is not a great matchup for the Falcons. This is one of the few strengths on this uh, Giants team. They they have a decent secondary, and I think that's going to play uh, into how this matchup plays out. Now, the defensive line for the Giants. This is a unit that is nowhere near as talented as the ones Atlanta has faced in weeks one, week one and week two against the Eagles and the Bucks, respectively. Um, the Eagles last year were the top pass rushing team and the Bucks were second right behind them. Uh, so that is not who this Giants team is. They do have uh, a couple of decent guys in the middle. Leonard Williams, uh, former first round pick, uh, is one of the defensive tackles. He's a, a well-graded uh, player. He's, he's been around since 2015. Uh, so he is someone to keep an eye on. And next to him, uh, Dexter Lawrence, uh, the Giants' first-round pick from uh, a few years ago out of Clemson. Uh, really, really big guy, 342, uh, sort of more of a run stuffer than anything. 
Uh, and these are the two guys that I think uh, we should pay attention to in this game and their ability to disrupt the middle of the Falcons' offensive line with uh, Matt Hennessy and Jalen Mayfield clearly being the liabilities for this offensive line. Uh, this is not a Giants team that's known for uh, their pass rush. They're not uh, talented in that way. They're not a team that uh, I think you have to worry about in the same way that you did the Eagles and the Bucks. And given the Falcons' success in Week 2 in neutralizing the Bucks' pass rush somewhat, uh, in keeping Matt Ryan a little bit cleaner than he was against the Eagles. This is a matchup that if Atlanta can keep that trend going, if they can keep the improvement on the offensive line, and let me caveat that, the offensive line played better than they did against the Eagles. They were still not good. Uh, Hennessy and Mayfield are still a liability in the middle. Uh, but I do think uh, the, the trajectory is looking up for these guys. But this is going to be a benchmark game. This is going to be that game that tells us, okay, was the problem the fierce competition they were facing in weeks one and two? Or is it a problem truly with talent and or their ability to gel in a short period of time? Um, now, though, we hate that that term gel for the offensive line. But there is uh, there is a lot of truth to that. These guys do need time together on the field. Uh, but this is going to be a great game to sort of measure their progress. And honestly, I think as this offensive line goes, this offense will go. If you give Matt Ryan enough time, I believe Calvin Ridley can have a big game. Uh, but actually, the, the two guys I'm going to be paying attention to the most here are, number one, Kyle Pitts, and number two, Cordero Patterson. And last week, Patterson showed us what he can be as a weapon, uh, not just as a pure runner, uh, obviously, he had one of the rushing touchdowns last week, but his ability uh, to get out into space and make uh, big yardage happen. And these Giants linebackers are a potential liability for them. They've got uh, Blake Martinez, who spent you know several years with Green Bay. He is now with the Giants. Um, not necessarily uh, a guy that's athletic enough to keep up with a Cordero Patterson uh, or a Kyle Pitts. And then next to him, they've got uh, Tay Crowder. Uh, seventh round pick out of uh, Georgia uh, from 2020. Nah, his his career is not off to a great start. So this is a guy that uh, I think could be a big liability for the Giants uh, at the second level. Uh, likewise, their, their safeties, that's a little bit better situation for them. They've got uh, on one side, Logan Ryan, who is a quality starter. Uh, this is a guy uh, that can uh, move around. He's, he's not the absolute fastest safety, but he's got wheels. Uh, and next to him, uh, Jabril Peppers, who is a former first-round pick out of 2017. Uh, he is a guy that can be disruptive as well, tons of speed. Uh, so I, I think this is an interesting matchup for Kyle Pitts and also uh, Hayden Hurst uh, with these safeties to see how they use them. Obviously, with you know Calvin Ridley, uh, do you use one of these safeties to double him up and to cover over the top? If you do you leave open the possibility of a one-on-one matchup uh, with Kyle Pitts against the other safety. And that's probably a favorable matchup. So uh, in this game, I think the the two key guys to look at, Kyle Pitts, uh, Cordero Patterson, they're the guys I think may have the biggest impact uh, from a receiving standpoint. Um, Mike Davis hopefully will have a better uh, time on the ground with this defensive line, again, not being anywhere near as talented or as stout as what we faced in the Eagles and the Bucks. Uh, so this looks like a fairly decent matchup for the Falcons. Obviously, 
Russell Gage being out is going to hurt a lot. As we've talked about before, this is a Falcons team that doesn't have a tremendous amount of depth. And that's why I think they're beginning to look at you know wide receivers that are out there on the market that they could potentially sign because any injury, and, and all of a sudden you've got Lamade Zacchaeus as a starter, and that's not any shade towards Zacchaeus. I like what he can do, but I don't think he is a wide receiver too. That guy is better in a wide receiver three or wide receiver four role uh, instead of being this second guy next to Calvin Ridley. Uh, and someone like Tajay Sharp d- doesn't move the needle. If you have to put him in there, you know maybe he's decent enough, but uh, he's not a player that I want to count on to be a regular contributor at that position. So definitely a, a concern going to this game where the wide receivers are concerned. But again, this is an offense I think that's going to go through uh, these talented running backs and these talented tight ends. And I think this is going to be a, a great opportunity for them on Sunday. So I'm, I'm actually, even though we will be misengaged, I feel somewhat optimistic about what the Falcons are facing here simply because I think Ryan's going to have a little bit more time in the pocket. Uh, this offensive line has uh, less of a brutal matchup uh, against this defensive front. And hopefully it, this is all on paper. Obviously they still have to perform and, and I hope they don't underestimate the Giants in any way. Uh, but hopefully these first two weeks have been sort of uh, the punch in the mouth the offensive line has, has needed, and this will be uh, a good game for them to bounce back uh, and, and really finally show that they can be a decent unit if uh, they give their quarterback enough time in the pocket. All right, we're going to talk about what Dean Pease is going to be facing uh, when the Falcons' defense matches up against this Giants' offense. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. We're talking about the Falcons matchup against the New York Giants. And now we're going to talk about how the Falcons defense should look against uh, this Giants offense. Now, let me say this. Obviously, it starts at quarterback. And Daniel Jones is a bit of an enigma. He is a very... Uh, athletic, uh, talented quarterback. Uh, he has had two uh, fairly decent games, uh, a really strong game against Washington in week two. Uh, but he is a player that in his first few years, he has had incredible problems with fumbling. Uh, last year was a bit of a step back in his second year, uh, where he threw almost as many interceptions as he did touchdowns. Uh, the fumble fumbling issues are just absolutely insane. But this is a guy that can move outside the pocket. And as we saw in week one, um, that was a big problem for this Falcons defense. And Dean Pease did say they had a guy dedicated to Jalen Hurts on every play that just they didn't execute. Now, the question this week is, are they going to do the same thing? Um, and is the plan to uh, you know try to get to him inside the pocket, force him outside the pocket and isolate him? That remains to be seen. Now, that said, the weapons he has are fairly good. Obviously, everyone thinks about Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Barkley looks like he's still getting back up to speed after tearing his ACL in uh, September of 2020. 
His first two games have not been inspiring to this point, uh, but he is not a player I would want to bet against. But right now, it looks like he's off to a slow start. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's going to continue to be that way. Uh, but just know he's, he's not, at least so far, is not showing to be the, the dominant back that uh, he was in his first couple years. The wide receivers, though, are a, a decent trio. Um, not the same as what we faced last week uh, in Tampa Bay. But this is a, a fairly good collection of receivers. Obviously, it starts with Kenny Galladay. Um, he's, he's maybe not in that top tier with Julio Jones um, uh, or any of those guys, but he is a, a good receiver, uh, someone that can win in one-on-one uh, -on -one situations. Um, you've got Sterling Shepard, who is uh, a pretty fast slot receiver, uh, and someone that Isaiah Oliver, um, if, if Oliver isn't on the outside, God help us if Isaiah Oliver's on the outside, um, it's someone that Isaiah Oliver in the slot will match up against. Uh, and then on the other side, Darius Slayton, who's maybe the weak link of these three receivers, um, a former fifth-round pick for uh, the Giants out of Auburn. Uh, but this is a, a fairly decent trio of receivers. And obviously, you know, the Falcons have an issue with A.J. Terrell being in the concussion protocol. He has not practiced at all this week. My guess right now is he's going to miss the game. And that's going to mean that Fabian Moreau and more than likely TJ Green, who we did see a little bit in the Bucks game, are going to be the two starting corners on the outside. I don't think they're going to move Isaiah Oliver to the outside. He is clearly much better suited in that slot role. Uh, if he is on the outside, that's that could be a bad matchup for the Falcons. Um, so the receivers here are actually going to be a strength for the Giants. And they, they also have tight end Kyle Rudolph. Now, Rudolph, uh, for years, was a really good receiving option. Um, he's almost 32 years old now. He's clearly on the backside of his career, but still a fairly, you know, fairly reliable receiver as a tight end. So uh, he is someone to pay attention to as well, although I think the Falcons have some decent matchups here. Now, where this game comes down to, as always, is the trenches. In the same way that the Falcons faced really, really stout defensive lines for the first two weeks. They also faced two very good offensive lines uh, in the Eagles and the Bucks. The Eagles have uh, a ton of talent, one of the best centers in the league, um, and their overall offensive line is one of the better units in the NFL. And I think we saw that in the Falcons' inability to consistently pressure uh, Jalen Hurts without bringing a blitz or without sending a corner, uh, which obviously had its own consequences. Uh, likewise, the Buccaneers have one of the best offensive lines in football, and they're a unit that kept Tom Brady clean for most of that game. This Giants offensive line is the opposite of that. Uh, this is a very problematic unit. They lost one of their best offensive linemen uh, last week to a gruesome uh, leg injury. and In fact, it looks like he may not even... There's a possibility he may. This may have been career-ending, which is uh, unfortunate, but it leaves this Giants offensive line as being a major liability going into this game. And it starts at the center position. Um, center Billy Price. I'm looking at the PFF stats, folks. This is uh, this is a guy that was taken out of Ohio State. You know, top you know top school for you know recruits. Um, first round, 21st pick uh, by the Cincinnati Bengals back in 2018. He didn't even last the four full seasons as a former first round pick with his drafting team. He, they were done with him after three years as a first round pick. 
Um, that's pretty telling. And right now, he is the worst graded center in the NFL. The worst. And his offensive grade uh, is a 28.1. And I, I can't get over this because I thought only Jalen Mayfield would hit these lows. But his pass blocking grade is an 8.7. Now, that's in two games. So clearly, the thought is, oh, well, you know, maybe... Maybe this is a guy that is just having a rough start to the year, given the the way they've used him at guard, at center. Um, No. 2019 and 2020, this guy scored under 30 as a pass blocker. Uh, His best year was actually his rookie year, where he was scored as a 66. But um, this guy is a liability in the middle of the offensive line. And... I'll be honest, this is the best opportunity for someone like Grady Jarrett or Bullard to take advantage of the middle of this offensive line. Now, at guard right next to him, uh, Ben Bredesen at left guard, um, his current pass blocking grade, 28.6. Again, quite problematic. Uh, And again, you know, this is a guy that uh, last year with Baltimore and limited snaps was okay, but he, he only like he, he played just 48 total snaps. So small sample size, but early returns on this 2020 draft pick, not great, uh, at left guard for the giants. And then at right guard, uh, Will Hernandez, he's a player who's been around for a few years. Uh, but again, just really not a great offensive lineman. He's probably below average, not terrible, but This is, oh man, if the Falcons defense is going to get back on track, it's going to be against this offensive line. Uh, I did a podcast with a uh, New York Giants podcaster this week, and it's pretty clear that Giants fans are just absolutely uh, apoplectic over their offensive line this year. And it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem for them all year. And this is going to be a perfect opportunity for Grady Jarrett, for Bullard, Dante Fowler to try to take advantage of this and really uh, for Dean Pease to take advantage of this. This is an offensive line that's missing. They've, this is the third different lineup they're going to put out there in as many weeks. Uh, they've got some major liabilities on the inside. This is a perfect opportunity for Dean Pease to use his you know style of pressure, uh, bringing in uh, corners, safeties, linebackers to try to get to the quarterback. Now, again, Jones has the ability to extend plays and work outside the pocket. So um, I'm sure he is incredibly mindful of that. But this should be a game where the Falcons can take advantage of what is arguably one of the worst offensive lines in football. So from a trenches standpoint, the Falcons actually have uh, fairly decent matchups on both sides this week. Um, this is a team in the Giants that uh, a lot of their fans are sort of down on what this team can do this season. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think there's still some questions about whether or not he's the long-term guy at quarterback, uh, even though he's clearly talented but you know needs to become more consistent as a quarterback. Um, they do have some weapons, but when you've got Barkley, who's still sort of trying to get back up to speed, this looks like the game where the Falcons can potentially bounce back. Uh, How do I see this one playing out? Well, as I mentioned, the first time this year, the Falcons have had some advantages in the trenches. And this may not happen a lot this year, 
uh, given the Falcons' uh, quality of offensive line play. Uh, but hopefully this will be the one where they finally get one that's good enough for them to take advantage of. And I think they will. Uh, I think there's a bit of desperation with this team. They do want to win. Uh, they know they have to start getting this thing back on track or it's going to be a really long season. Uh, and I think Atlanta's going to go on the road and win this one. But I think it's going to be closer than some people are predicting uh, because of the fact the Giants are going to be a little bit more rested. Uh, I do think Jones is going to extend the pocket on plays and frustrate us as Falcons fans. But I think Atlanta pulls this one out 28-24 to 24 on Sunday. So that's it for me, guys. Let me know on Twitter what you think about this prediction and what your predictions are. Uh, you can follow me at FalcoholicDW. Of course, you can find updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod and our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. Thanks, guys, for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.